That's good to see you guys. Good to see everybody in the room. I want to say hello to our online family. You know, there's a lot of beautiful things taking place, and we're going to always celebrate that. And, and I know Pastor Rush just said it, but it's worth saying again. 53 women spontaneously got baptized on Thursday night. That is worth celebrating. Congratulations, ladies. That's awesome. It was so powerful. I've never seen anything like that before, personally. That many women. It was a little scary, crazy, in a good way. Uh, and so, man, there's just awesome things taking place. And, and God's moving here at Victory. Our, our word this year for, this, for 2023 was greater. Somebody say greater. And we're already seeing that. We had double the attendance of the women. Now, let me just say, I'm not just saying that to brag on the number. I, I feel like the Lord told me I'm bringing a massive number to do a massive work in our ladies' hearts because you women are so worth it and you're so valuable to us. But he's moving all across, have you noticed, all across our land. Church, i got to just say something for a second. Something's happened in our nation. And I personally believe, I'm a researcher, I personally believe... Something launched in the spirit when that NFL player got hurt. Do y'all remember that? And, and everybody prayed, and that, sport ca- that sportscaster on ESPN took a moment, live. And he said, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble. I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but I'm going to pray. And then the Buffalo Bills released a statement that they were the next day that they are a team of prayer. And people were watching all this happening on the nation. Some people were even praying in their living rooms. They're like, what are we doing right now? I guess we're just praying. You know, like something happened and, and from, from television to streaming to a movie that's coming out this weekend to all this stuff to now what I'm hearing and my own brothers went to this. Uh, there is call it revival, call it whatever you want it. Maybe we shouldn't label it all, but God is moving on college campuses that it's incredible what he's doing in people's lives and people are coming out changed and transformed and broken. And I just want to say this, instead of us picking things apart, come on somebody. How about if it brings people to Jesus and it lifts up the name of Jesus, we say, bring it on, God, I want it. Amen. I just had to do a little commercial plug for that, the move of God. Amen. So, hey, if you're taking notes, and I cannot encourage you enough today to take notes. Uh, the title of the message is, Help is on the Way. Help is on the Way. And we're going to be looking at the second beatitude. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are already here. We welcome you now to come a little closer. I ask you to help me speak. Thank you, Lord. We draw our attention now into you and to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn over to Matthew 14. We're going to park there in just a moment. Matthew 14. We are in the week two of a series we're calling Blessed. Somebody say blessed. Blessed. Somebody say I'm blessed. But more importantly than just the series started off, I'm super excited that last week we launched into a journey that it's going to carry us through most of this year. We're going to be studying Jesus' most famous and, to the world, most famous and impactful sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount, and it's found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we're going to go line by line, precept upon precept, studying God's Word, and we're going to all be greater students after this is said and done. Amen? That's what we are. We're students of the Word. 
And Pastor Johnson, oh my goodness, he kicked it off last week with a phenomenal, fiery message that if you didn't watch it, you need to go watch it. And if you did see it, you need to go rewatch it. I watched it on Thursday again. I was like, man, this is doubly good now. And, and that was after three times in three services watching it last week. <laughs> so, uh, but it's important to watch stuff again because you always get something new. And so we, we started this whole thing off, the Sermon on the Mount, with the Beatitudes. I mean, you know it. It's, it's blessed are you when. Blessed are you, and then this will happen. It's their blessed are you statements from Jesus, and they end with a promise. Come on. Blessed are you when, and this will happen, the promise is. And so that word blessed, somebody say blessed. blessed. That word blessed in the Greek, the best uh, English that we could get out of it is happy, fortunate, but not like happy, like I'm so happy, not that happy, but a, but a, but a, but a deep, deep happiness, a joy-filled, fortunate life. It's a very tricky word. You can tell I'm having a hard time even trying to describe it because this blessing that Jesus is saying you will walk in is not a feeling. A lot of people put the word blessed and they like, I feel blessed. Well, can I tell you what? You can be blessed and not feel it because blessing, what God is saying in this is it's a reality, not a feeling. Hello, people. You may not feel blessed, but when you are living the Beatitudes, you are blessed. And by the way, let me just talk to the feelings real quick. Feelings are fickle. Don't be led by your feelings. Be led by the Spirit of God. Come on, church. We're not only spirit-filled, we are spirit-led. Amen? And Jesus said, speaking of being led, Jesus said, follow me and I'll form you. If I could just summarize this, follow me and I'll form you into a blessed people. And let me just say a couple things because I believe a whole bunch of bodies in the room need to hear this. You can be blessed and be going through a difficult time. Did you hear me? You, I will. You can be blessed. <laughs> you can be blessed and be going through a difficult time. Let me say it to you like this. Demonic storms, listen to me, demonic storms can be hitting you and hitting you hard, but you can still be blessed and remaining standing strong through the storm. That's the blessing we're talking about. Amen? The demonic storms, how many people know we do have an enemy? Hello? He hates you, hates your marriage, hates your children. He hates you because you reflect what he lost. All right? But we can stand strong. Somebody say strong. strong. Through the storms. I'm going to give you some biblical backing. The very final words of this sermon we're dissecting through the year. Matthew 7. Let's look at it together. You're in Matthew 14, right here on the screen. Jesus said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. What is he saying there? Don't be just a hearer, be a doer. Don't just hear the word, do it. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house. Come on, say me. Who built his house on the rock. And who's the rock? Jesus. The rains came. Streams rose. Rains came. I'm sorry, sorry. I, I love that. love that song, Firm Foundation. And streams rose and the winds blew. And, the, and it beat against the house, yet it did not fall. 
Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock, which is Jesus. Those were his last words of the sermon before he moved on. So he said, if you do this, you're going to be standing strong. So last Sunday, we looked at the first beatitude, which is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Today, we're going to dive into the second beatitude. And listen, let me just say this to us. It is the, it is the one, the beatitude of all the eight, there's eight beatitudes, that most of us don't take the time to do. Or it could be a place that most of us don't want to go. And so we're going to go there in Jesus' name and talk about this. And I'm going to be as real and as honest and raw as I can to talk about what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now Jesus asked you to turn to Matthew 14. Are you there? Jesus not only preached this, he lived it. He was an example for it. He was the ultimate model that we can emulate. Matthew 14, look down at verse 13. And I want you, but don't don't get ahead of me here. I want you to hear the context of what is happening. Jesus just got told some horrible news. Anybody been told some horrible news? He got told some horrible news. His cousin just got beheaded. You want to talk about, I mean, just hearing someone passing away is tough enough to hear that your cousin, your blood, died such a horrific way. It would be just so grieving in that moment. And Jesus did what all of us would need to do. Look at it. Let's read together. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a, in a, in a, boat to a remote area. Come on, say it with me. To be, he knew what he needed. He needed some father time. Bible tells us all through the Gospels that he would spend uh, early in the morning and lay at night with the Father. He would be getting refreshed, recharged, recuperating for the next day. He knew where his strength come from, came from. It was with being with his Father, being with his Papa. And so I want us to look at it together. Look what happens here. But the crowds, but the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Oh, those people. Those crazy people. Now, they didn't have the internet back then or GPS or anything. I don't know how they were spreading the word, but they were spreading the word and like, hey, I heard of Jesus going. Everybody, everybody starts following him. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped. Now, think about this. He is hurting. He's grieving upon the news that it was shared. He has stepped, up from the, stepped out from the boat, and he had compassion on them, the crowd, and healed their sick. Let me pause for just a moment. I would encourage you to go read the rest of this in Matthew 14 on your own time. But it is what follows after healing everybody is the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Which, by the way, was not just 5,000. That was just the men that were counted. It's not counting the women and children. Some people say it was between 12 and 15,000. So he's healing everybody. He does this incredible supernatural miracle of, of feeding almost 12 to 15,000 people. And he's hurting in the midst of it. And then look what he does. Look down to verse 23. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. He knew he he needed to get alone. He was hurting. Night fell, 
while he was there alone. Can I tell you that everything Jesus did, there was a purpose with it? If Jesus got alone to mourn, listen to me, church, so should we. If Jesus knew I need to be alone, I need to sit with my father, I need to go through this, I need to talk this out with him, I need to just be alone with the Lord, with the Father, so, so should we. I'm afraid what many of us do is we just plow on through. We just keep on keeping on. And we have hurts and pains and disappointments that take place in our life, but we just, we just keep on going. Let me, let me give you another story real quick. Jesus with the, the death and the resurrection of his friend Lazarus. Now we can tell very clearly that Jesus was very close to this family. This was Mary and Martha. This was Lazarus, his friend. Uh, this was there, you could tell there was a bond there. He loved everybody, but there was, a, there was an intimate bond with, with these people. And he comes and Lazarus is already dead and it's been four days. And, and so Jesus comes up on the scene and and I'm, I'm making a long story short. It's found in John 11 if you want to go there yourself. And he sees Martha crying and Mary crying and all the people are wailing and mourning Lazarus' death. And the Bible says that Jesus was deeply moved and troubled in his spirit. And then the Bible says something that's very, very unique. It says, then he began to weep. God cried. I want you to think about that. The creator universe is crying. Not just crying, he's weeping. And of course, we know the end of the story. He's like, move that bus. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And we are so blown away, and rightfully so, of the incredible miracle of Lazarus coming forth, we can miss that Jesus was grieving over the loss of his friend. And Jesus, the Son of God, is weeping. He's mourning. Let me, just, let me say it to you like this. Both these stories, and there are more, but both these two stories that we just highlighted, it puts Jesus in a different light than maybe we're used to seeing. But actually, it's very relevant to our lives. Anybody with me? Let me say it to you like this right here on the screen. Just like us, Jesus was no stranger to pain. He knew pain. Jesus was hurting emotionally. And he took the time to be alone, to mourn, and even weep. Listen, painful things will happen in our lives that we don't understand. Anybody been there before? Painful things in our lives like you still to this day don't have answers for why it happened. And Jesus even told us that he promised us actually. It's one of those promises like, oh, did you have to say that? He promised us that we would experience trouble in this world. Are you encouraged today? <laughs> he said this. He's like, guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. But then he said, but I've overcome the world. He said, you're going to go through pain. But, but ba let me add my translation to what, what he said. But he's like, but hang on to me because I'm going to be in you and you're going to overcome this. You're going to get through this. And he said, literally, because all of us, we're, we're going to experience these storms, these painful storms in our life at some point. 
Let, let me just throw out a few examples. Maybe, maybe it's the death of a loved one. Maybe it's a failed marriage. Maybe it's a prodigal child who has not come home yet. And we're just waiting, come, Lord, bring them home, bring her home. Maybe it's the loss of a dream or the loss of a job. Maybe, and this one is, has hit me through the years, maybe it's an, an ended friendship that you thought was going to go on forever. Maybe, as Lisa and I were talking about this yesterday, let's just get very real here for a moment. Maybe it's just deep, deep disappointment. I know we understand that, but I want to I help us go there today. Disappointment is this. I tried the best to give it a definition. Disappointment is when things don't turn out the way they hoped, that we hoped they would. The, the way maybe we expected that it would turn out. There's, there's disappointment there. And here's my question to us today. As we experience great pain in our lives, are we taking the time to sit with God and mourn? Are we taking the time to get alone with the Father. Not to be alone to be alone, but to get alone with our Father and let Him do the deep healing work. Come on. Deep pain needs deep healing in our lives. And we've got to be able to take the time to sit with the Lord. And I'll say to you like this. If I, if you, if we are ever going to become the people that God has called us to be, that He wants us to be, we're going to have to learn. I'm going to have to learn how to mourn God's way. Are you with me, 11 a.m.? Because a lot of people are stuck in the pain of yesterday. And they're not moving forward. Now, let me just say, time is moving on, but they're stuck. Their body, you, we're, we're keep going. We are moving people. We're fast moving like never before in history. We're fast moving. But inside, you're stuck. So let's look at this together. Let's go there together. How do I, how do we mourn God's way? Number one, we got to choose to trust. Somebody say trust. We got we to choose to trust. Come on, trust that God is in the midst of the pain and the loss. It, it is hard. Let's just be super real in this moment. It is really hard to trust God when you're going through deep, deep pain. I know that doesn't sound churchy, and that might not even sound right, but it's raw and real. And by the way, if you're ever going to get healing in your life, we need to learn how to be raw and real with God. There, are, there have been times in my life, I'll just tell them me, there are times in my life that I was deeply, deeply hurting, and the last person I wanted to talk to was God. But he was the first person I needed to talk to. It's hard because the, the reason it's so hard is like, why did you let this happen? But I'm telling you, we got to talk it out to our Father. And thank God for people around us. But we got to, the Father is the only one who can heal. Thank God for people. Jesus invites us. To trust, listen to me, this is very important, 
to trust him that where he is leading us is better than where I'm living right now. Jesus is asking, I'll just put me there. Chris, will you trust me in the midst of your pain that I'm going to lead you through this, I'm going to lead you out of this, and it's going to be better on the other side. You're going to go through this, but I'm going to be with you. You are not alone. Somebody needs to hear that. You are not alone. I am with you, and it's going to be better. Somebody say better. better. Say it like you're a southerner. Better. better. It's going to be better on the other side. Amen? Let me, let me give you some biblical backing on, on all this. Uh, Romans 8, if you want to turn over there, man, read, I tell you what, if you don't know where to read, go just dive into Romans 8. Oh my gosh, it's so good. But let's, let's look at just a few verses here in Romans 8. Uh, Romans 8, 18. He says this, and we have it on the screen. Yet what we suffer now, somebody say now. So we can be hurting now, but what he's saying is, is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Oh my goodness. I, I, I can be hurting. You can be hurting. And you, you know, leave that on there for just a second if you don't mind. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared. And some might be like, oh, it's something. I'm going through something painful. And he's saying, I see the pain, but it is nothing in comparison to the glory that I'm going to reveal to you later. That on the other side of this, but also when you see me face to face, you get ready. Everything you'll understand, everything will be revealed to you, and you will see me face to face. The glory of seeing our Savior. The glory of the better of coming out through the pain on the other side. And then, skip down just ten verses again. Please dive into Romans 8 later on. He says this. It's a, it's a well-known passage of Scripture. And we know, and we know that God calls us, come on, say it with me, everything. Somebody say it like you mean it, everything. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Anybody love Jesus in the room? He says right here, this is not wishful thinking. This is not hype. Yes, I'm passionate about it because I've learned the truth of this scripture that he will use everything, the bad, the yucky, the pain, and he will turn it around for your good. Why? Because you love him and you have been called. Still hurts, but he says, I'll use it all. Well, why'd you allow it in the first place? That's what I'm saying. There are some things I've gone through I still have no answers. But he was doing something in me. More than I can express to you in words. In other words, we're talking about choosing to trust. This is how we mourn God's way. In other words, as much as I am hurting, listen to me, as much as I am hurting, I trust and I know that God is with me. I'm not alone in this. Ooh, somebody, I, I just feel it so strong. That God has not abandoned me. That he has not forsaken me. That God is right here with me. I'm not alone. Can I just tell you, I know I speak for everybody in the room, I'm so thankful that we are never alone. Not just in this life, but especially when we go through pain. We're not alone. I would not be here if that statement was not real in my life. 
I've gone through too much pain. You've gone through too much pain. But you knew in the darkest of the painful chapter of your life, you knew that you were not alone. And you might not be able to say it with your mouth, but you knew it in your heart. And I just want to say this, that God can handle our pain. He can handle our anger. He can handle our questions. He can handle my frustrations. He can handle my volume and my silence. He can handle it all. And this is what I would say. At some point in the process, hopefully sooner than later, even while we're hurting, we've got to be able to, in the strength of God and the grace of God, to look up to where our help comes from and place our trust in Him. It may, we may not feel it. Hello, I've been there many times. I don't feel nothing. I feel numb. I'm hurting. I may not feel it, but I'm verbalizing to you. But I trust you. And I've had angry tears coming out. But I trust you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We may not feel it at the moment, but we know deep down we are not alone. And we trust God and his word that he will see us through. He will see us through. Just this past week, I officiated a funeral of a couple whose baby girl, after 26 years, she's now with the Lord. It was actually a celebration of life, and it was. It was a celebration of life. And we bragged on her. It was awesome. But we also honored Jesus throughout the entire service. Because this family who attends this church, who was hurting deeply as we were in their living room, just hanging with them and spending time with them, who was hurting and grieving, wanted the guest of honor to be Jesus in that celebration of life. Though we bragged all day on their daughter. And this couple was and is still deeply hurting but they also, I testify of their own hearts, but they also deeply trust God. And their pain, listen to me, this is so important. Their pain was on display, but also was their love and honor for Jesus. Did you know that God can use your pain to be a, literally a, an example to others? You're, you're hurting, you're going through a tough time, whatever it could be. And people know it and they come up to you like, how are you even smiling? How are you lifting your hands in worship? How, how are you like this? And all you can say is Jesus. It's just Jesus. I, I just can't do it. I couldn't do it. Wouldn't even be here. It's Jesus. How do I mourn God's way? Number two. First we said is that we choose to trust. The second one is choose to fully engage. Choose to fully engage. Somebody say engage. This is, this is huge right here. Because we can have a knowledge of things but not actually do it. He said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Now, when you think about that blessing and mourning, you're like, uh, I, I, it just doesn't make sense in my mind. And you, if you see people who have been mourning, you're like, they don't look blessed at all. But Jesus says otherwise. Remember, the kingdom of God is completely upside down to the world. 
He said, you're blessed when you mourn. And the promise is, the congratulations the angels are saying is, you're going to be comforted when you mourn. The God of all comfort is going to come to you and bring you healing. Comfort you. That's literally what it is. He will bring you healing. He will comfort you. So what does it mean? we got to understand, what does it mean to truly mourn? Well, the dictionary definition, mourning, is this. It is to feel and express. So it's both. It's not just to feel and to express grief or sorrow. I'm feeling it. I'm taking the time to feel it instead of just moving past it. I'm going to sit with God, not to beat myself up, but to let God do a deep work in my heart. There's a big difference, by the way. Don't sit in there and just, I'm a failure. I'll never. No, no, no. That's the enemy. Sit with God and let him bring healing and express to God how you're hurting. When Jesus used that word, mourn, that that word is pentheo. The Greek word is pentheo. And it's the strongest word for mourning in the Greek language. And it's literally like someone who has passed away. So he's saying that that's the pain he's talking about. Uh, You know, not, not only just someone who's passed away, but something that you've lost. And he says, it's blessed to mourn. And he, he actually says, it's, it's not just okay to mourn. You're blessed when you mourn. You're blessed when you take the time to mourn. So church, we got to be a people who lean into the pain and not run from it. we gotta, we got to fully engage it. Now, most of you guys know, unless you're maybe first-time guest, uh, my baby girl left for college in January, Allison. I've been dating her since she was two years old. Now she's 22. And uh, she, she FaceTimed me yesterday and she said, Dad, what you preaching on? And so I started telling her a little bit. And man, she started throwing gold nuggets my way and I was writing down as fast as I could. And uh, one, one, one day, you know, there, it's going to be, uh, I know that I'm just going to hand her off to her Prince Charming and already she's being chased down by a bunch of crazy guys over there. Recently, she FaceTimed in my living room, and there were some guys around her, and I said, hey, just pan the phone over over my mantle with the shotgun. (laughs) Just grab it. it. It's not really a gun. It's a samurai sword, but you get the picture. (laughs) Somebody's like, really? No, I'm just having a moment with y'all, but I was thinking it. And when I preached this, just gave Allison some nuggets, she said something, and I'm quoting my daughter. This is what she said right here on the screen. She said, Jesus can't heal what we don't acknowledge is broken. I was like, Lord, let me just say amen and just call an altar call right there. <laughs> Jesus can't heal what we don't acknowledge is broken. And then I started crying. <laughs> So what, you know, we're talking about fully engaged, understanding mourning. you got to understand if you're going to do it. And so what do we mourn for? Let me, let me just give you a few things in this point, all right? Uh, we, we mourn for what's been done, all right? We, we mourn for what's been done. What do I mean that, uh, by that? Well, on top of our personal lives and the pain that we have experienced, there's no shortage of things in this world to mourn for. My goodness, Church, we just came out of two and a half years of a pandemic of COVID. And let me tell you what, it was traumatic to all ages and all stages of life. 
It was traumatic. Here's my question. Did we take the time to process all that with Jesus? Or did we just keep on keeping on? I remember people were using language like, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of COVID, God is doing a big reboot. And I believe he did that. I had people tell me that they had more family time during that season than they've ever had, and they didn't want it to stop. That's awesome. But did we actually sit with God because there was so much going on in the world, in our minds and hearts, that we sit with God and process it with him? How about the 24 news cycle? Man, it can be overwhelming. And actually, can I just tell you, it's too much for anyone to bear. We were never meant to know everything. Only God needs to know everything. It's too much. And y'all have heard my, my philosophy. My philosophy is I kind of like, I turn it on, I jump on, I watch what's going. Okay, Lord, now I know to pray. And then I turn it off. It's just too much. It's too much on my heart. I can't carry all that. I, 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 can, I can begin to stress and get anxious. And I'll just tell you, some of us in the room, we need to seriously throttle back mm, our intake of the news. Listen, disengage with the endless stream of world calamities and really engage with Jesus. Engage with your spouse. Engage with your children. Engage with your friends. Engage with your family. Engage with your church, your family. Engage Jesus on the pain that really matters. I know somebody might be thinking, well, that's that's I mean, you 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 need yes, you need to know. Watch what you need to know and then turn it off. Just shows you how to pray. It's too much. So mourn, mourn for what, what's been done. How about this? Mourn for what I've done. Not all out there. How about right here? Church, there's a reason that this second beatitude follows the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. How about this? Blessed are those who confess how broken and sinful they are. I'm a sinful man. I'm a wretch without Jesus. He saved a wretch like me. It's that amazing grace. Come on, somebody. And here's the deal. The closer I get to Jesus, the more I'm aware of my own selfishness and sinfulness. And I'm so thankful for his mercy and his grace. Anybody thankful for the God of mercy, the God of grace? Why I say that is because you and I get beat up with our past. The enemy brings up past mistakes. I can be on the car on the way to work looking forward to a great day with my team and serving this community and serving you, and all of a sudden I'll have something come from 25, 30, 40 years ago of my past. You know what? It's in my past. It's already been forgiven. It's gone, long gone. That's not who I am anymore. But in this present day at 51 years young, I'll say sometimes like, or maybe many times if I'm being honest, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be further along than I am. And that's why I've said many times on this platform, and you'll hear me say this a lot, there's nothing good in me except for the goodness of Jesus Christ. My heart is wickedly deceitful left to itself. That's why I got to have my heart constantly postured and submitted to the King. And I've got to continue to be at his feet with a sorrow, not just being I'm sorry, but a sorrow that leads me to repentance. Let me give you a scripture for that. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 7, just one verse. 
For the kind of sorrow, somebody say sorrow. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin. It leads us away from sin and results in salvation. Come on. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, that's just I'm sorry. There's I'm sorry, and then there's repentance. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Now, please hear me, church. I'm not talking about uh, condemnation and guilt. Those things are straight from the pit. I'm talking about conviction. I'm talking about repentance. I, I, I mean, I, I can agree with the psalmist. Whoa, I am a sinful man, but I ain't going to stay there. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to make right with God and man whatever I do wrong. And I'm going to keep growing in the maturation of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep growing in God, moving forward. And as I submit myself to him, guess what he does? He chisels away all the things that are Chris so that Christ remains as we stay submitted to him. Amen? So mourn for what's been done. We're talking about how do you mourn in the context of being fully engaged. Mourn for what's been done. Mourn for what I've done. Mourn for what I long for. Mourn for what I long for. What do I mean? This is a mourning over the lost. This is a mourning over our unsaved ones. Our loved ones who do not know Jesus or who away from Jesus. There's a mourning that takes place or should take place over the lost. This is a mourning also that has to do with the ones that we physically lost, who are no longer with us, that we can't wait to say, see again one day. I can't wait to see my grandparents one day. They died when I was young, so I have childhood memories. I, I envy those who still's grandparents are alive and the kids get to hang out with them. And I, I love all that. It's incredible. I didn't get that. I can't wait to see my grandparents and those mentors of mine who have gone to be with the Lord. Family. And guess what? We will see them again. It's not a hope and just a fact. It is the truth that we will see our family again for those who knew the Lord. There's, a, there's also a mourning over just longing to be with the Lord ourselves. I don't know. Maybe it's age. Y'all forgive me. But the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, I want to see you. Not see you move in my life. I want to see you. Paul said it like this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So living for Christ is incredible. But to die is even greater because there is no end with death. Hello? There's no end. Don't be scared of it. That's not the end. That's just the beginning. Listen, let me say this to you like somebody's like, Pastor Chris, want to go on up to heaven? What's going on? You know, no, I, I remember as a single man praying because, you know, I, I know his coming back is soon. I know it. I, I feel him hard. But I remember years ago, I was like single right before I met Lisa. Like, Lord, please, please don't come back until I get married. And, and then I got married. And so I'm like, okay, all right, praise God. Uh, wait a minute. I got to change my prayer because you could, you know, Lord, Lord, please, please don't come back un until we have kids. Well, now we got kids, so Lord, the prayers changed. Please, because I hear being a grandparent is really cool. Lord, please don't come back until my kids have kids. All right? And then 2020 hit, and I was like, Lord, just come on back. Just come, please, just come back. Rescue us. Get us out of here. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever prayed that before? Lord, Pete, if I just get a ring on my finger, Father, hell. Then right after, right after uh, the honeymoon. Yes, Lord, right after the honeymoon. Lord, Lord, what you know, just, I prayed all those stupid prayers. Lord's like, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. How, how do I mourn God's way? Well, number one, I got to choose to trust. Number two, I got to choose to fully engage now that we know what mourning really is. And then number three, I got to choose to allow God into the pain. Got to choose to allow God in the pain. And let me just say what you already know. If there's one thing the world tries to escape, it's pain. Everywhere you look, there's coping mechanisms. Everywhere. Self-help, self-this, self-that, self-healing, all that self-stuff, that's just humanism. It's just a lie. Uh, the philosophy of the world is to escape your troubles, get back to the place of happiness as quick as possible. Whatever it takes, drink it away, smoke it away, do, do, whatever, do whatever it takes, Netflix it away, whatever it takes, move on, plow through. Press through. Power through. I've even heard some in Christian circles, which is unbiblical, what I'm about to tell you, is that some people have been told to jump over your mourning and go straight to joy. And can I tell you, there is joy on the other side of mourning. That's very biblical. But in skipping mourning, you're skipping the blessing. Blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted. You're skipping that part. The joy comes out of the comfort, but you got to be able to mourn. you got to be able to mourn. And let me just address a few lies that I've heard. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that time heals all wounds. That's a lie. Time, time doesn't heal all wounds. You know what time does? It leads to infection. Time leads to bitterness. Time is not your ally. Time doesn't and cannot heal anything or anyone. Jesus is the only one who can heal. Jesus is the only one. World tells us, uh, press through the pain. The pain will make you stronger. No, it won't. It'll make you bitter. That was in my generation. I heard that from our fathers. Press through it. Power through. Power through. It's not biblical. It's a lie. Our fathers meant well, but another lie that's not said but it's done a lot is sweeping things under the rug. It doesn't make the pain go away. All it does is make a big bump in your carpet and a tripping hazard. That's all it does, spiritually speaking. Let me say it to you like this. Undealt with, unmourned pain is very destructive to your spiritual heart and your physical body. God meant us, created us to be able to mourn and grieve so that we can be comforted and healed. Because undealt with, unmourned pain hurts you on the inside. Physically, your heart, spiritually, and your physical body. God wants us to be whole, healed, and free. 
And the promise is, and I hold on to that promise, is that we will be comforted. Listen, mourning isn't just about crying. I'm going to tell a story in just a moment before we close. And I lost a period of in, in time where I just quit crying because I was so hurt and angry. And now, now, after the Lord's done the healing of my life, I cried everything. I cried at Ant-Man two days ago when I saw. <laughs> they all looked at me like, what in the world? <laughs> He's got to save his daughter. <laughs> Mourning is, is more than just crying. Though God gave us our tears for a reason. Let them out. It's about allowing God to pull the band-aid off and heal the pain. And we're a lot of times like this, oh, no, 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 no. And God's like, let me touch it. Because if you don't let God touch it, it won't be healed. I'll say the backwards of the verse. If you don't mourn, say it to you like this, you cannot be truly comforted. I want to share something with you that I've not shared in a lot of circles, nor did I want to share it today. <clears throat> God wired me from a young boy, really actually the way in my mother's womb, that I just have a positive outlook on life. Lisa has called me for years and has gotten me in trouble, the eternal optimist. She's like, could you just come down from the glory cloud for a second and let's talk about reality? I'm a lot more balanced now than I was. I'm not talking about super spiritual. I'm just like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's good. We're good. You're good. And she, she would tell you, and if you know me, you know this about me. She would tell you I'm always either humming, whistling, or singing. My staff members tell me they know when I'm in a bad mood because I'm not doing any, all those things. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go the other way. There's Chris. Because it's something always usually coming out of me. But nothing could have prepared me for what I experienced many, many years ago as a young man in ministry. If the Holy Spirit could have tapped me on the shoulder going into that meeting, before I walked in that meeting, he might have said this. Your character is about to be assassinated. Your leadership is going to be dismantled. And your ministry is going to be dissolved. But there I was sitting at that table with 12 men, and that's exactly what happened. What felt like forever was a few hours of false accusations coming against me. And all I could do is sit there in silence and just weep, just cry. I couldn't even, I couldn't even talk because I was such in shock of what was happening. I remember thinking while this was going on, this, I, this is not supposed to happen in church. I left that meeting unemployed and destroyed on the inside. And even though two weeks later my name was totally cleared by the grace of God and the person that brought all the accusations was fired, that didn't do any good for my heart. I felt validated in man's eyes, but I wasn't doing with anything in my heart. And I was set on a journey from that day to prove it to people and a pattern of me just plowing through, just plowing through. 
the unmourned pain, my wife would tell you, because I remember when she, on the other side, she said, you're back. The unmourned pain changed my personality for about three years. She would say in tears at times, I don't know who you are. I hated it, but I couldn't do anything about it, and I did not stop to mourn. I knew all the right scriptures, and God in his supernatural grace was still blessing our ministry. And yet I was dying inside. And it took God stopping me in my tracks. I don't know if you've ever been there before. In his grace and his love, he stopped me. And not only was I able to begin to forgive them, but it was God doing a deep healing in my life. Deep healing. He stopped me in my tracks, a process of deep healing that took a while to get it out, layer by layer, deeper, deeper to go there. Even things attached to my childhood came up in counseling sessions. I remember arguing the first two counseling sessions with the counselor. I just kept saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, to realize it was all me. I was wrong. And she kept saying, you're not dealing with reality. You're hurting. And what came out of all that from the Lord and through help with others was not only true healing and freedom, but I got my joy back. I got my smile back. I got what I called my God confidence, my swagger <laughs> back. Please don't ever say that out loud again. I just, I, otherwise, <laughs> And the restoration of my identity, number one, most important, and my calling. All that happened in the Lord. But it was because I stopped. Or let me just say, he stopped me. You don't have to have that happen. You can stop. It just takes intentionality. I've learned now. That was many years ago. I've learned, mm, nope. Sometimes I need to hear it from Lisa. Sometimes I hear it from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I hear it from a friend. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting with God. I'm getting with God. Something's coming out of me that's not good. This, that, whatever. I'm going to get with God. Because God is the only one who can heal it. The, the Jewish people, as we get ready to close, they, they have a custom. Some of you may know this. And they, they, we call it a prayer shawl. It's called, the, the Hebrew word is talit. Tal, meaning cover or tent. And lit, meaning little. So it's a little tent. And they would take that shawl. Now this is not a full-size one. It, you wouldn't even be able to see anything here. It would be much bigger and much more decorative if we're just going biblically accurate. They, they would take that shawl. And you could be in a crowd like this, 500 plus people, and be completely alone with God. We're going to look at it later, but it would, Matthew 6 talks about go into your prayer closet by yourself. That's where this comes from. And it's creating a prayer closet where you won't be distracted by anything or anyone. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. That's a promise, church. We gotta be able to take time to sit with God, to posture, position ourselves, whatever we need to do, to let God do what only he can do. To summarize, we gotta choose to trust again. We gotta choose to fully engage. And we gotta choose to let God touch the pain. And if we'll get alone with God, set a new pattern. Come on, a new godly habit. There's bad habits and good habits. Set a new habit of when we go through painful stuff that we will take time on the other side of it or even in the middle of it to process it with the only one who can heal the broken heart. Lisa cannot heal me. She's a really good listener. She can't heal my heart. When we take that time, what we're saying to the Lord is, Jesus, I'm here. I'm hurting, but I'm here. I trust you. I need help. I invite you into this mess that's called my soul. And Jesus says with the promise of comfort, he's like, help is on the way. Can we pray together? Maybe you're here today in this moment. And you are far away from Jesus. You're running, I say it a lot, you're running your life your way. And today, here you are, and I don't know your story, but God does, and he loves you so much. But I'm telling you, you need to, you need to come back to the healer. Or maybe you need to give your heart to the king, who is the healer, for the first time. I don't know. But if you're here today in this space, in this place, which is a safe space, you're in and among family. If you're here today and you're away from God, but you know you need to get your life right, I want to ask you just right here in this room, between me and you and the Holy Spirit, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That's me. Today, I need to give my heart to Jesus. Would you raise it high so I can see you real quick? Don't be ashamed. Just raise it up. I need to come back to Jesus. I'm running my life my way. I'm tired. I need to give my heart to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Many hands, many hands, which represent beautiful hearts. You can put your hands down. Can we all pray just a prayer together? Pray it with me, will you, church? Say, Jesus, I believe that you really lived, that you really died on the cross for me and my sin, and you really rose from the dead. Right now, in your holy name, I give you my heart. I give you my life, and I repent for running my life my way. Jesus, all that I am is yours. Help me be all that you call me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, I just congratulate you. And if you raised your hand and I saw all you guys, it was beautiful. It's awesome. 
first thing you will do is tell somebody at the end of our service, which is not this moment, but at the end of our service, I want to encourage you. Come tell somebody. They'll be up here. Our prayer team will. Beautiful, awesome people love to pray with you and rejoice with you. It would be wrong for me to talk about what we just talked about together and not take a moment in God's presence to sit with him. And so we're going to take some time. The worship team is is going to just sing a song, play a song over us, but we're going we're gonna to get with the Lord for a moment, and our ushers are going to be coming forward in a moment, and if you need this to be over your head, so because many of us do this during these moments, we look around, what everybody else is doing, like me, I am so easily distracted. I'm going to be right over in that corner like I was at 9 a.m., and God was dealing with my heart on some things. That I thought were dealt with. And I'll just put this over my head because I don't want to see you. This is about me and my, my papa. If you need this in that moment, it is okay. It doesn't make you more spiritual if you have it on your head or you don't. But if you need this, our, our, our ushers are here. And in just a moment, you can raise your hand and they'll bring you one. But here's what I want to ask in this moment. Please don't let this moment go by. They're going to sing a song. We're going to walk out of here a moment, and it'll be gone. But I'm telling you, this is a moment that we can allow God to begin to do something in our hearts. You can watch and do nothing, or you can lean into it, fully engage, and let God begin to do something in all of our hearts, because we all experience pain daily. And so maybe you need to just turn around to your chair on your knees and make that your altar. Maybe you need to come up here. It's free to come up here anytime, even during worship and as we start services off. Just come up here so you're not looking at anybody and you're just before the Lord. Whatever you need to do, I would encourage you, just make a move. Position yourself to receive. Posture your heart to receive that. And we're going to worship the Lord together. Ushers, if you guys are ready, if you need a prayer shawl, it's just a cloth, nothing spiritual about it, but it's something to help us to be a focus. If you need that, just lift your hand and they'll bring you one. But here's what I say. As the worship team comes, you get your heart in a place that you can let God minister to you. Amen? Let's worship him together.
And I'll testify of the seas that we've crossed The waters you parted The ways that I've walked Singing, oh
Father, we thank you that our story is not over. We thank you, Lord, that you're still writing our story. You are the author of our story. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we don't have to stay in a state of pain, that you can heal us. Come on, just agree with me. Father, you are our healer. And we say yes to you. Lord, go to the places that you need to go. Father, help us be more intentional with time, with our calendar, to sit at your feet and let you do the surgery that only you can do. Father, we thank you that you're the God who restores what's been stolen and what's been lost. I declare that over you, my brothers and sisters, the restore is coming to your house. The restore is going to bring back even better than before what's been lost and what's been stolen. Lord Jesus, heal the deep roots of pain. We say yes to you, Lord, that we don't have to operate or live from a place of hurt and pain. And there's no pain and there's no hurt that you cannot heal. We thank you, Lord. You not only heal us, you set us free so we can run and run after you, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you that you're the God of the process. Every one of us are in different places in this room and those who are watching us online. You're the God of the process and individually you walk with us and we just want to say thank you, Lord. When man failed us, when man abandoned us, when man hurt us, you have always been there to pick us back up, to strengthen our feeble legs, and to heal our broken heart. And so we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if you can, you don't have to, if you want to stand with me, if you're still like, hey, I need to just stay, it's okay, stay. But let's stand together. And again, if you're not ready, it's okay. We're actually going to, 
I'm going to ask us a moment after I pray for us to dismiss quietly to allow people if they want to stay in the room for a few minutes we're not going to let 1 p.m. come in right away like normal if you want to just stay the worship team is going to be playing just to be able to just stay in the Lord and I'm also just want to say some of you may not even be done yet like me layers I just want to encourage all of us this week let's start being really intentional with our calendars amen the most important appointment that you don't want to bump is the one with the king also want to just remind you that we have some beautiful care groups beautiful care groups ministries that are taking place right here QR code is right here you can click and then go there later of, of ministries to help us that I, that's what Lisa and I were a part of during that time I jumped in a care group I jumped into counseling it was so good for me counseling doesn't mean you're weak it means you want to get strong and get healed Listen, let me just say this to you. God is big enough and strong enough to heal our hearts, but sometimes we need to process it with others. Thank God for people. Amen. I want to ask for our prayer team to come forward at this time. And as they come, I want to remind those who lifted their hand to come to Jesus. I want to tell you, man, please take a moment, just a moment, and come up here and pray with these beautiful people. Tell them of the decision you made. Also, as I was preaching, I just felt the Holy Spirit talking to so many different people. And if you're having a hard time processing, you're having a hard time like, man, I want to go there, but I'm struggling, it's okay. We've all been there. I want to tell you, that's why we need each other. Let our prayer team stand with you and pray with you. Whatever it is, we're always here at the end of service to pray with you over anything and everything church we love you god is with you and he's got us and he can heal anything amen lord bless my friends as we go our separate ways thank you for this service thank you for your word thank you for what you're doing in my heart even as i'm preaching it lord you're so good and as we go out this place we go closer to you more healed more whole more free all because of jesus and help us shine and share Jesus everywhere we go. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.